Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Planiverse. And with me, as always, is Kareen. Hello. Hi, Steve. So this afternoon or today or whenever you're listening to this, we are discussing part four of our five part series on getting things done. And part four is about reflection or review, if you like, of all of these lists that we've been talking about in the last three episodes and how you then go forward and make sure that having written it all down, nothing sort of um, falls down through the cracks somewhere and doesn't get done (laughs) and so on and so forth. So where do we start, Corrine? Well, now that we've captured our information and we've clarified Right. So we're going through the five steps, basically, that David Allen, praise be his name, has put out for us in a very basic, simple format on his gettingthingsdone.com page. You've captured the information. You've collected it. You've processed it. You've organized it. You know where it belongs. And now the fourth step, I think, is something that we've seen chronically across all the platforms of our groups out there in the Planetverse is... Mm -hmm the ability to go back and find what it is that we've written down. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people tell me, well, I wrote it down and then I forgot to go to my appointment. Or I wrote it down and then I forgot that I wrote it down. (laughs) I don't know where I wrote it down. (laughs) That, That used to happen to me, actually, because initially when you're starting off with this process, what what we've failed to overcome is the fact that so far our brain has been holding on to all this information because we didn't have a system in place. Now that we've created a system, we have to train our brains into believing and trusting us that we're actually going to have a place where all the information from the brain is going to go. And this is such an important step. The fourth part, which David Allen talks about, which is reflecting, basically it means reviewing frequently. And so where does this happen? I know Steve and I, you and I have um, discussed often, how is it that you plan? What is the process that you go through? And you tell me, ah, I I write some things down and then I go back and check it. And then, of course, the way you say it, I think to myself, why didn't I think of that? That was was such a nice, nice way of being able to go back and review information. So one of the things that I've gotten into the habit of doing, and this is ultimately what we're talking about here today, is the creation of a new habit called reviewing. And reviewing, I think, is important because it allows us the ability to have a trustworthy reality check with our brains to say, yes, everything that you have been thinking about, I have been diligently writing, and here it is. Wouldn't you say, Steve? I think this. Definitely a, a case of if if you're not careful when you first start, yes, you are writing lots of things down and you're trying to get everything down and you sometimes overwhelm yourself with things and there is the risk of overcomplicating things by writing it down in too many different places and rather than sort of trying to concentrate the the mind as it were and setting it out and this is where that you risk if you don't categorize things right into logical things so you these are the things that you're going to do 
in the office, these are the things you're going to do in the garden or... The, or separate your tasks versus appointments, you Separate them into yeah, d- to yeah. different sort of things or whatever, however you work. And if you don't do that, if you suddenly go mad on saying, right, I'm going to have four different organisers or I'm going to have four different books or four different sections, there is the risk of... that There is going to about to be some task somewhere that doesn't naturally fit into that initial sort of breakdown that you've got. Yep. Is it, oh, is it this or is it that? And there is, there, there then's the risk of, well, you could write it in both, but then there's the risk of you tick it off in one list and then you think, did I actually do that or not? Oh, I can't remember. So you spend a lot of time going sort of backpedaling to check right. whether you did something or not. Um, and then the other thing is because you um, couldn't actually decide which one it went into, you overlook it because, oh, I'm not doing that that list this week or this. Right. I haven't planned on doing anything in that list today sort of thing. And something quick easily gets overlooked when you could have easily done something. So there's to me, there's an awful it's a. A very difficult thing to decide on um, in the early stages of deciding how you're going to break down your big big task list, for want of a better word, right. into different categories or whatever. But sort of don't get too disheartened by it because... You know, we've all been there, as it were, and I'm sure... Yes, we have. You will, we find, have. You will, you, you will find your feet eventually... Um, but don't get don't get too deep into it early on because there is that risk then that you've just overcomplicate things. You know, keep it simple as possible to start with, and um, refine as you go along. Really, that's that's my sort of key thing on this. One of the one of the biggest lessons I learned when I first started using a paper planner was that I was initially drawn to the idea that I could color code everything, which is great. Uh, and what, But I didn't have my categories uh, per se. I, I, in other words, the ones that I use today are certainly not the categories that I started with. And when I say categories, this means the contexts. So that means this is how I contextualize my brain. In other words, I make my master task list and then how I break down that list into which categories those con those are the contexts that i'm referring to so when i first started out i had something that looked like well i have health i have uh, errands i have things that my husband wants me to do and then things that i would like to do it's sort of this this um mishmash of of ideas that weren't really well formed there was this nebulous thought that just kept coming to the surface saying, I need to write something down, but I'm not quite sure what it is I'm writing down. And initially, if you're in that state trying to determine what's the best course of action to take with the information that's floating around in your brain, I would seriously just use a sheet of paper and draw a line down the middle and keep one side specifically for tasks and one side for uh, appointments. So tasks and errands are sort of the same because there are things that you choose to do or things that you have incorporated into your life. Not that appointments are forced upon you, but appointments are the ones that you've already committed to. 
And so if we were looking at the Franklin Covey conversation of putting your big items into your jar first as the stones, as he talks about so often, I would say put your appointments down into a calendar first and then move everything else around them so that you can actually grasp the totality of all the commitments that you've made within a certain amount of time. And so within a month, for example, you can quickly determine how many appointments you've got in red, for example, versus how many errands you've got in blue. And the errands, the nice thing about errands is that you can further contextualize those into how many are you going to do if you're on the north side of town versus how many are you going to do if you're on the south side of town. And so that way you can kind of regroup those items um, but reviewing, I think, is so essential in being able to have your brain. It's an exercise for the brain to trust you. That's all it is, I think. Review. Allows your brain to go through that list. Because usually you're going through the list before you go to sleep. Right? Before you go to sleep. Did I, did I remember to put that in my book? Did I, did I remember? And so that's pretty much why you're bothered with it. Because you haven't reviewed enough. If you're running through that cycle of, did I put that in my planner? That means you need to review. Go ahead and review. That's your brain telling you, I need to double check to make sure that I, I, I shut the stove off before I left for vacation. And now Steve has given me a wonderful tip for that. He, he's told me that I need to take pictures of my, of my oven knobs before I go so that I can check that they're in the off position whilst I'm in the taxi on my <laughs> way to the airport. I love that tip. <laughs> but that's what the review is ultimately. The thing about review to some people might sound very sort of formal and maybe, you know, a little bit too serious. Mm. But it's the sort of thing that you must probably do without thinking about it eventually. Yeah. Whilst you can have a sort of formal end of week review so you know what you're going to do next week, for instance, maybe something you do if you're a working person. You might sort of sit down and do this sort of review of your workload um, on, a, say, a Friday afternoon, you know, three o'clock, when everyone's um, stopping work and thinking about the weekend ahead and ha-ha. Right. And not dashing in and surprising someone with a last-minute job, hopefully. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which has happened, I can tell you. Um, and that, that then prepares you for what's happening the next week sort of thing by doing that little review type but during the week i find because i've written it down um when i glance at my planner or if i'm about to tick something off it's at that point that i look at what other things have got to be done and that effectively is i'm sort of doing a, a check situation or a check action if you like followed by a, a review of, oh, right, I've got to do this and I've got to do this and and so on. So I'm keeping myself, you know, you've got rid of one, right, what's next sort of thing. So it's the next action type thing that comes in. And in the middle there somewhere is a little review process type thing. And um, that sort of helps me sort of um, with sort of deciding what's happening next and keeping a you know keeping my finger on the pulse as it were make sure i've not overlooked something um 
at the end of each day or whenever right. and what, what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. And it also helps me remember what the day of the week is as well, which is the ongoing <laughs> joke where I never know the day of the there, week. There's that. We haven't quite reached that age yet, Steve. I think, I think you're the only one who suffers from this issue. <laughs> it's sad, I know. Well, what, what, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be, review doesn't have to be a formal event, but it can be. And for me, I don't know if anybody else is in this in this. Um, world that I live in of, of strangeness, but I wasn't born an organized person. I had to learn how to organize my life the hard way. I had to go through episodes where things were terribly disorganized for me to understand that how I need to organize them because there's different ways of organizing information. And one of the things that has helped me tremendously is to create a discipline of review, to create the discipline of actually writing things down. And part of that is the review. And so if you want to take, for example, as you said, Friday afternoons, which reminded me of the time when I used to work with the police department, I would actually know that when Friday afternoon hit, I would want to absolutely disconnect from everything that I was had done that week. And I wanted to enjoy my Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays fully without having to think about anything. So what I would do on Friday afternoons right around three, four o'clock is I would create a jump sheet for myself for Monday coming back to the office so that I wouldn't have to think about what projects I have to work on because of the level of disconnect that I wanted to create in my life. (laughs) And anybody that's ever worked at a police department can understand this. (laughs) Um, But so when I, when I would come back, you also don't worry about work, do you? That list. What's that? You don't worry about um, work over the weekend that way then do no, you? No, and that was the plan. You've actually sort of switched off completely. Right, and that was the plan, but I realized that switching off completely brought me back Monday mornings with no clue where I needed to start again, and it would take me a solid one to two hours to get going on things that I had was really neck deep in on Friday afternoons. So what I would do is I would create this jump sheet for myself saying, Monday morning when you come in, step one will be (laughs) to do this. Step two will be this, right? Don't forget about this. And so I had this massive um, sheet staring at me when I would come back in Monday mornings. And, And similarly with the reviews, I think, because during the week I'd be able to knock those out and then other things would get added throughout the week that were for two, three weeks later, perhaps, or a month later, that I wouldn't have to look at them for another month. Uh, but similarly with the planners that we have in the Plannerverse and the way that we discuss them and use them for working people, for non-working people, there is this ambivalence or this apathy in wanting to check to see what we've done and the rest of the world sort of sits there and goes, yes, keep decorating. It's lovely. And I love decorating my planner. I love being able to put those things on there. So I use that as an opportunity to review what's in my planner. And I have a set disciplined time. I actually write in my planner. It's called, it's the, the context for this is called planner planning. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it has a name. It has a color. The color is gray. And the way that I go about it is I actually schedule planner planning throughout my week. I have three times a week that I go through planner planning. It's Sunday evenings, it's Friday afternoons, and sometimes it varies depending on the work that I have, but it always gets planned either Tuesday evening or Wednesday evening. Oddly enough, it's never in the mornings. For some reason, my 
my morning doesn't need a refresh because it's it's color coded. So I've got my week laid out for me. I can just open my weekly layout and see what I've got going on. I can very readily see. But coming up on Tuesday or Wednesday evenings, depending on what work I've got going on, I really need to reassess and what I've done off of my master task list. Otherwise, it will get lost. It will get lost. Hmm. I used to um, do mine sort of first thing sort of Monday morning to sort of, you know, bring things forward and all the rest of it. But, of course, I now have a French class on first thing Monday morning. So quite a what I often do now is just as everyone sort of um, – settling down and we're, not, and we're waiting for everyone to arrive i grab my planner out and i, I sit there and i quickly organize myself and um transfer things across and write things down and it's my sort of little sort of five or ten minutes of you know away from screens and away from any sort of distractions in a way although there's, right. there's people around me and what have you um but it's it's a good way it's a good thinking time for me um, that sort of beginning of the lesson where also everything's sort of sorting itself out. I can sort of because it allows your brain down. to think about the yeah. lesson instead of thinking yeah. about what you have to get done. And by the way, yeah. people of the Plannerverse, this is what happens when you've uh, perfected your planning system and it comes with mm. you everywhere you go. You can have it yeah. with you and not have to think, I'll have to get back when I get home. Then I can go ahead and do that. So that's a wonderful no. tip, Steve. No, no, right? no, before I... meetings, before... You dive in. I, I take it with me because there's, you know, it's the one thing in the week where I sort of do sort of like a car share with someone else in the class. So, you know, I need to know if she's going to be around or I'm not going to be around. So I, I write it in the planner, you know, Jane is, you know, no, no Jane or something simple as that for the following week. And that will then remind me I don't have to go and pick her up sort of thing. It's it's on the way, but it just seems saves me from concerning myself that oh she's not not around and being then being late myself sort of thing. So you well, know it's, it's simple things but And and we do that too. Between the two of us, mm. we share an iCal calendar mm. that we've literally named podcast. That's what we call it. Yeah. And this is this is my secret uh, calendar with Steve. I don't know if Allison <laughs> knows about this, but he's my work husband. So uh, Steve and I share a calendar. And, and every so often, I'll be in my calendar at my desk, and all of a sudden, I'll have this thing pop up that Steve will write in there going, Steve's going to Sweden. And I'm like, wait, who's Steve? And why do I care? That Oh, that's Steve. Yes, yes, yes. I know exactly what's going on now. Um, but what this does, and this might be a trick for for you all that want to use uh, digital calendars is to create shared calendars with family members or coworkers or colleagues that you want to be connected with and have that visual representation in digital format appear for you. I like it because I've got a great big wide iMac and I can, I like to be able to visualize my data as it's happening so that I can interpret it how I want it on my planner. There's a lot of things that I've programmed digitally that get reviewed automatically because there's alarms set up. So I, that would be the, the digital equivalent of a review is when you set an alarm to go off so that you don't have to think about it, right? You can also set up a digital alarm to check your planner, paper planner. But again, what I was saying was that not everything in my digital calendar exists in my paper calendar. And there's a reason for that. 
Because when I go into my paper calendar, those are the things that I need to think about. My brain needs to work on. Whereas the automated tasks, like whether it's a recycle day and I need to put the recycling out or it's a trash day or if there's anything else that's on automatic, maybe the the gutter guys are coming because it's a seasonal change and I have that scheduled already. I don't want to have to think about that. The computer, the computer does what it does. It computes. And so I let it do its job. I let the computer work for me while in my paper planner, I can take notes, I can jot, I can scribble, I can do all kinds of thinking that's got to be done that I can't do on a digital device and doesn't activate my RAS, by the way. That's why I never know if it's garbage day or recycle day. And that's why I'm permanently, you know, attached to see if these alarms will go off. Um, But that's why the alarms go off. So I don't have to think about it, if that makes sense. This sort of thing, when you're working in a team also um, helps. If it's just within your own office, that helps. But in in our case, we're sort of six hours time difference apart as well, which also adds to the complication. So... You know, I might think of something first thing in the morning because Crane's still asleep then, so there's no point in me sort of messaging her then and sort of letting her know because it's it's not just not, not going to happen. So yeah, the um, phone will get thrown out the window. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, sort of working in that sense, sort of, um, you know sort of in a cooperative way or collaborative way certainly has to you have to have make some adjustments and, and you know not everything you can record it on paper yourself which i do um but the sort of combined calendar certainly helps and um you know it's it's one of these things where you think right yeah you have to work um sort of in conjunction with rather than exclusively within and, and it just works fine. But yes, certainly, you know, doing... And I, I really enjoy that, though. Doing sort of reviews on a sort of a more lengthier time space. You know, there's, there's things you're going to do every day, every week or whatever. But how do you extend that to... How do you do the sort of... Do you do monthly or quarterly reviews on on top of those or do you not need to do those or not? So what I do when I do review on Sunday evenings, I review for the week ahead. Uh, and then on usually on Wednesdays or Tuesdays, depending on which day I've picked, it's immediate needs that need to be put out if there's something that needs to happen within the week's end. But on Friday afternoons, when I do sit down, I end up going over through my master task list through everything that I've written down and all the appointments that I have going forward six months. So I don't, I don't actually look to see how many months I'm checking, but I've, I know that I've written out at least six months worth of tasks there. Uh, but one of the things that I love being able to do is that Friday afternoons, no one bothers me. There's no one around. Everyone's out of the house. It's gone. And so what my conditioning now is because this has become a discipline this has become a habit for me. I actually miss it when I don't have it. Is the ability to go through each and every item that I've checked and go back and see if actually what I wrote down happened. Because this also allows my brain to see what's been completed. And if anything ends up being incomplete, then it can get carried over to the following week. And this is how I, I uh, make sure that nothing falls through the, the gaps 
if there is something that hadn't been completed or canceled or postponed, if I have a big postponed over or something, where was it placed? And that's my next question is where was it placed? And so that's my planning time to be able to go through and find the things that are don't have a home. Everything must have a home in my planner. And if it doesn't, then it needs to be assigned a date by which it will have a home. How, how do you do it, Steve? What What is the process that you do? Well, I was thinking about? along the basis, if you, if you do it frequently enough, you don't necessarily have to do the, the right. sort of a bigger time gap. So you don't, don't necessarily need to do a, a, a monthly or a three-monthly or an annual sort of review. Um, where that might be different, though, is in some, you know, the sort of long-term project type things where the actual project, where the length of time to complete the whole project might be six months or a year or two years or something like that, right. then you might need to do a, a sort of a review of how much you've completed. If this, I'm thinking more of a work situation here now. Ah, I where, was thinking more in terms of goals when I said mine. So, yeah, okay. so in terms of a work-type project where you're aiming towards a sort of a, a, a completed project, be it a right. completed product or a sort of piece of work or whatever. And there might be, um, you know, budgetary things come into it. The sort of monthly review, six monthly review or whatever, they might be give you a better indicator of how you're achieving in terms of the amount of progress you've made. Milestones and compared, things like that. Yeah, compared to the actual amount of money that's been spent on the project. Let's say you've allowed, I don't know, £10,000 or euros or dollars or whatever to complete the project over a period of a year. And at some point you must have decided, well, yeah, you know, the, the first six months we'll, we'll be doing this amount of things but we'll have a high amount of spend because we're buying things in in that first two months. So the budget's going to, it's not spread linearly throughout the year. There is a big upfront cost sort of thing. And then it gets into, you know, you're assembling the, the components maybe later in the year, but that's all just manpower. It's not actual um, capital cost, as it were. So the, I think in terms of, how you would review the thing you'd have you know you'd be reviewing the progress of the actual overall project against the number of man hours you've spent how much overtime has been spent um, how much of the actual material costs and all that sort of stuff and you would you would have to review that on a on a longer time scale i think because doing it on the short term scale you, you're not going to really see an accurate picture uh, or you'll see, you'll have too much detail, right. um, but you won't be able to see the overall picture of how you're progressing sort of thing. Well, similarly with goals then, you know, initially you'd you'd want to be able to look and see how you're progressing. But overall, if you've set aside, I don't know, let's say you said you wanted to declutter your home, for example, throughout the entire year, and you've managed to do your closet or you've managed to do a room, but the rest of the home is still left cluttered, then you'd have to gauge that against the rest amount of time that you have. So time is being used here in the form of currency instead of money. Um, but th that's the, the basic concept. And so I suppose what we're both saying is that you're going to have to find a time 
to review. And when you review, you're going to have to get it so that your brain is comfortable with what you've looked at. That's the only way that you're going to know that you've reviewed it properly. There's, there's some things that you're going to do every day. There's yeah. some things you're going to do week, weekly. There's some things that you're going to, do, you know, you're just going to hop over and you're going to do those over a longer period of time. It's you, you'll eventually work out what, what's what yourself, obviously, because it depends on, you know, your own personal situation, really. And that's why um, situations like this that reminds me of um, that colleague that we have on File Effects, who had made himself a stamp for the errands or the tasks that he needs done every day. He's gotten it to the point where he's so sexy about it that he can just have a rubber stamp made of baking his bed, brushing his teeth, and whatever else that he had going on. Well, what an outstanding way, what an outstanding formula to have to, if you're going to be redundant, then be redundant quickly. I, I suppose that's the, the message of that. And mm. in the review process, you can very quickly see if you've checked something off or if it still remains to be done. And that's pretty mm. much what we're doing with the review. I think we've exhausted ourselves. I can't think of any more. We covered all the different points that I was thinking of when we had our discussion before we started. So where can we find you on the internet? Uh, well, right now, most people are sleeping, so I hope you have a good sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Instagram at Karin Tovmasyan, at Facebook unwillingly, at Planerology, not unwillingly at Planor Planerology, but unwillingly on Facebook. <laughs> Planerology and planerology.com and throatpunchresumes.com. Where can we find you, Steve? And as usual, you'll find me at filofaxi.com, travelersnotebooktimes.com, and Mr. Filofaxi on Instagram. And remember, folks, if you've enjoyed our ramblings today, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, and share it. Mm -hmm.